Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah. The Bengals lost their second preseason game, this time to the New York Giants. Still, Dex Hill and the defense looked like Giants, though a burrowless offense looked like Lilliputians. The giant-sized brain of John Sheeran is back, as is the science Dr. Hoji, the electric smoji. Meanwhile, the wannabe tyrant Daddy of Mustache McDuke looks to spin an ugly performance right here on the number one Bengals podcast. Yeah, yeah. wow, baby, what an wow, and what Great a classy, baby. what a classy little time thing there, clock. I loved it. Yeah. I loved- yeah, and, I love the. And I said Lilliputian. We've got a classy clock, Lilliputian. Yeah. Literary the word references. Zion. Yeah. I've got I classy glasses. And yeah, you look great, Daddio. Thank look, you. You look like back when we were, you know, getting up well, started. You know, we had Jeff Hobson on the show. And he told me, I said, how do we get Jobber on the show? He said, don't ask me. But he told us some things we could do. And he said to start wearing some Spongebob stuff. And so you can see I have the Spongebob textbook behind me. And if you see that, I got the, I got the Joe Burrow Sports Illustrated. I'm wearing the Joe Burrow glasses. So I'm really going all out and getting his attention. As long as you think those are the Joe Burrow glasses. That's <laughs> those are matters. like the yeah. least cool, like off brand. Like I bought these in an alley. Yeah. You have no clue what the actual Cartier see, this Joe is Burrow why, This is why you're not a deal like. maker. You, the deal is made Cardi in Cartier glasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You would get glasses. ripped off in an alley, Bridget. I'll tell you that right now. But, hey, look. I am so happy to have the whole team back. Yeah, it's it great. Took a lot. Yeah. It is great. And I'm so happy to be on Brinks.tv. Well, obviously, we're on YouTube. We're on iTunes and all that stuff, but we're also on Brinks.tv. And if you get the Brinks.tv app, you can watch a lot of other great shows in addition to ours, including Conspiracy, Truth, Fact, Givers. And on that show, they have a lot of new conspiracies. My favorite conspiracy that they have recently explored. And again, I've only seen the first, I'd say five or six hours. It is about the Smurfs and wow. how it is actually communist propaganda. And they talk about how it. nobody has real names. It's just handy a Smurf, lazy a Smurf, grouchy Smurf, all that. Brainy a Smurf, should be John. Not only that, but they don't have any sort of currency. They don't have any sort of property. Mm. Everybody just contributes. Whatever Everybody just uses the word, word Smurf a lot. Right. And then and you remember there was that weird episode. Oh, you yeah. remember that there was that weird episode where all the Smurfs magically fell in love with Smurfette, right. including Papa Smurf, who's supposed to be her father. What's up with that? That's some sort of weird. That is weird. But yes, yeah, so they had that's kind of the hippie kind of, I yeah. guess, communist. But they that's also the commune. The, that's the love. Love is free. Free is love. But listen yeah. to this. So the Show's whole plot already gotten very strange, and we the whole just plot of the Smurfs is that Gargamel wants to turn the, the Smurfs to gold. Yeah. And he wants to establish a real currency, a hard currency, to save them from the basically, from the bread lines. And so, yeah. this like is a Ron great, Paul. Yeah. great con- conspiracy that Courtney is peddling, if you will. 
I love it. I love it. Cannot wait to watch the the special Smurfs episode. Yeah. Yeah. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the NHS Sports. Share this. And we look. Yeah. Please leave a review. Lie to them if you must. Yes. Yeah. Leave a review. And Courtney, can we show the 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 handful of reviews that we've gotten over the many years of the show from on iTunes? We have gotten a few reviews. They're very nice. Well, okay. So this is this is a YouTube comment. We, we can yeah we'll get to that so the youtube comments basically this is from last week we had jeff hobson on and we talked about uh, how he what he has been asked to write the next star wars spin-off and this is our good friend andrew seiler who says he hopes to see that yeah, friend do of you the know show. that i've never seen a star wars movie oh my gosh wow <laughs> yeah. incredible well That's i, I can tell you what order you should see them in if you'd like aren't yeah. they in an order yeah, but you don't watch them in an order. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, it, yeah, we'll talk later. Yeah. But so here you see the review. So if you go there, you listen to the podcast, just make sure you leave a five-star review. And leave comments. Leave comments in the chat box. What else do we got, Courtney? Now, what, what language are these written in? Because I cannot read them. Well, maybe you should <laughs> I think that's some just Joe Burrow glasses. Our, our special group of four friend group that does this show i think we just see them really blurry i think our viewers so, might actually see them clearer courtney is that right yes it is right and so look yes. so here you have uh, thanks for speaking please. for courtney daddy thanks yeah. for Man's taking your voice no problem yeah so here so here you have the comments from, from our good friends they're saying great show great this i can't read it okay next one it's in russian yeah next next uh, slide please and we can see here that we have... I can read Andrews. It says, oh, yes. That is classic <laughs> Andrew Seiler. Classic Andrew. He got married on our show, by the way. Yeah. Here we see that... Uh, I think it's saying Something's underlined. Yeah, it's overly annoying daddy. They're complaining about overly yeah. annoying daddy. Like I Good. said, Solid I think comment. it's the right... No, I yeah. think you guys are the right amount of annoying. I just feel yeah. like overly, you're speaking over me a lot. I feel like yeah. I don't get mm. a chance. I don't think that's what's what meant. Yeah. Yes, and that's so what we do. And let's just look at the chat box because a lot of you are listening to us live. So there you go. It says, Dadio is so right. I can see that right there. This mm. was from our, our couple of shows ago. So you leave, leave chat messages like that. And we love yeah. to hear back from, from you. Yeah. And get more active. Leave comments. Okay. Let us move on to the preseason game, John. Bengals played the New York Giants, and they finished with fewer points than the Giants, which means they lost. I didn't see the, much of the game. I didn't see the final score. But you can fill us in on that. You told me that Cordell Wilson played well, and I saw Goodberry talk about he had more positive plays than negative plays. But then I see a tweet, John, that says he had a 13.2 passing grade in true pass sets. And that, you know, Deontay Smith had 60.8. And some other guys had better. I know the offense is a mess. But what is your take on Cordell Wilson? He's a rookie who's going through the motions right now. He struggled against the Giants. And I think that was because, I don't know, he was on the field for maybe like 30, 40 snaps, I want to say, last week. And then he was kind of doubled that output against the Giants so you increase the sample size of how long you're on the field I think the variance of his performance just increased because of the increase in sample size he's not a perfect player by any means in fact I only think he's 
only slightly better than Jackson Carmen at this moment. And that's not necessarily me saying that Volson is bad. He just has his rough moments too, because this was his second time ever on an NFL field and he started the whole game. So naturally going up against starting defensive linemen, whether or not the Giants defensive line is a quality defensive line or not, they still got the better of him from time to time. But that doesn't, that doesn't take away, like you said, he had, I think, more positive moments than negative moments. And you want to build off of those moments on tape, look over, you know, see what you can improve on, but see what you can build off as well. And I think there's still a solid base for Volson to be like a solid guard. Like he understands where to be. I think his depth in pass sets is nice. I think his recovery ability is good too, especially for him not being like an elite supreme athlete. It's just sometimes he gets a little bit aggressive. Sometimes, you know, certain pass rushing moves work against him. Sometimes elite athletes will get the better of him. I mean, he was a fourth round pick at, at the guard spot from a small school. Like he's not going to be right out of the gate, a really good player. He's not going to be probably that at all this season, but so long as he's better than everyone else that they have, this starting job is his to lose. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, John, but isn't the left, uh, left guard, like one of the most important or the most important position? I wouldn't say it's the most important position. I would say it's good for him that every other position is basically solidified. When they go out there against Steelers week one, you're going to have veterans on veterans playing all four spots. Naturally, when you're surrounded by that talent and experience, you should be in a better position to succeed. You have better communication with guys who've been there before. Right now, he's playing with a bunch of guys that are subbing in and out. I guess he did have continuity with the same left tackle uh, next to him the entire game in Hakeem Adenogy. But still, right now, the offensive line groups are going in and out because so many guys are getting injured. They don't have a ton of depth. So that's one of the reasons why he stayed in for the whole game. And again, I don't want to like harp on him too bad. Like, obviously, the negative plays are negative, but they can be corrected with experience and just him, yeah. just you know, building as a player. But the good plays were good. You know, he gained a solid movement in the ground. He stayed in a spot in pass pro. He wasn't beat too badly most of the time. But yes, yeah, some of the losses were definitely not very pretty, and that was reflected in his PFF grade. Yeah. So, John, let us talk about the punting competition. We have Drew Chrisman who you told me punted all the punts. And I just want to know, what were those punts? What did they look like? I know we can look at the stats. Obviously, I have all the stats here. But what kind of coverage was he punting against? What was the velocity? The coverage of the punts? I didn't, I didn't really track that. But okay. um, I think for okay. him right now, right now it's hang time. That's the most important yeah. what aspect was his with hang him. time? What was his like? What kind of his? What, what was his grades? Like? What do you his think? Dunks? What's your general did they, did reaction? They At what point yeah. do we have a performance conversation about Daddy O hosting a football show when he doesn't watch football games? Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah we do need to talk about that. Well, I'm like Cordell <laughs> Wilson. I'm not a rookie when it comes to this stuff, so I've, I've been able to handle it. But uh, with Chrisman, yeah, his distance on those, on those punts were fine. He averaged about 48 yards per punt, 38 yard net average, meaning beyond the line of scrimmage, but. I think he needs to get the ball up in the air longer. And when you have punts with longer hang times, you allow those gunners to get down the field, force fair catches. I don't think he forced any fair catches in his three punts, even though like they were all pretty good distance. So they were like really far down the field, but more of a line drive compared to a booming punt that the Bengals are used to with Kevin Huber. And that's why he didn't punt on Sunday. Like they have 207 games of him punting with the Bengals. So they pretty much know what he brings to the table. With Chrisman, it it goes beyond just him, 
you know, kicking the ball further than Kevin Huber, though. It's can you can you get lopped on those punts? Can you get hang time enough where you have gunners like Stanley Morgan to sprint down the field and force fair catches or to make tackles on the pump return? So that's what Crispin has to work on. But it was a solid, Whoa. it was a solid performance. Whoa! Yeah, I think John. time's up, John. You guys, you guys were not wow. happy with the bell sound. So did you get an that actual Bengal tiger? That. So, uh, well, I thought Kevin Huber wasn't he the best in the NFL in terms of punters? Yeah, I mean, but that was that was a, a minute ago. Like he wasn't very good last year. That's why there's this oh. competition going on right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, John, let's talk about free safety because yeah, let's free the, all the safeties. John, uh, you know Jesse Bates. Who knows when he's gonna be back? Nobody. Wasn't knows. Dak so good? Wasn't that like just the only good part of the game? Let us watch no. some of those clips. Let us talk about that. Wasn't Dax. the only good part? Okay. Well, yeah, Chris Evans had a 77, 73, 77-yard uh, kick return. It was very nice. But let us look. So the Dax Hill, he was, before he had this interception, let us look at the, the run, third down, run a stop. So, Dax fashion. Yeah. So here we go. We have Dax Hill, John, who is so playing in safety. And, and his job here is to stop this yeah, run. Nice. Yeah. And he did it. John, go ahead. Yeah, there's two things you want to look here. How fast is he reacting? His click and close towards so where he's seen the ball going. So he's at the linebacker spot right here. Notices there's a flat route going on towards the left. So he's closing down on that quickly, right? He recognizes it, puts his foot in the ground, boom, accelerates towards it. But now you have an open field situation. You have the sideline to work with. So he's going towards the inside, force him to the outside. Either he wraps up completely or he tries to, to, to you know, shoestring tackle him here. He can't get all the way over there in time to get a form tackle, so he goes right towards his feet, and he's able to do so. And he's able to do so because, again, he's a 4-3 you know, athlete who sprints towards the spot, targets the, the, the legs of the, of the receiver there, and just makes a good tackle. So not all the times are you going to be able to you know, over-pursue on a receiver like that. Sometimes you just got to make a play. And here's an interception with volume. Beautiful. I can't even hear myself. Thank you. Oh, but that was a beautiful yeah. interception. So let us, yeah, tell us what happened on the interception because, okay, so he had yeah, six tackles. Yeah, for those tackles. of us in the local market who yeah. lost signal thanks to the weather. Right. Well, too many people watching in the local market. That's why you should be able to choose who gets to, who has access to these things. But so Dax Hill is at the free safety <laughs> alignment here. Um, with, which is where Jesse Bates would have been. And there was just an over route from the tight end. It was a little bit overthrown. And then you had the tight end kind of drop the ball there, not bringing it with two hands. But again, Dax is reading the play as it's happening in front of him. Again, click and close, put your foot in the ground, get to the spot. He's, a, he's in the play, though, to make the play. Like, wh whether or not he caught the interception is irrelevant to me. It's just him being in position to actually make that play. That, that's what matters to me. And obviously, he has the athleticism to get to, get to the ball and then get up and, and get, what, like 20 yards off the return. But just for him to read and react like that from that deep alignment where he wasn't that, there that much during his time in Michigan, it's still kind of him going back to his high school days when he was a safety. I think his read and react skills at both the linebacker spot and free safety is very impressive, and it's why he's being used all over the Bengals' defense right now. He's mostly at free safety, but again, he's in the slot. He's in the second level. He's even lined up as a blitzer off the edge. He's out wide at quarterback a couple of times. It doesn't really matter where he is on the field right now. The game isn't moving too fast, but clearly he's definitely the fastest player on the field when the Bengals are on defense. So, so is Dax so, in yeah. a position to – is he starting? 
Do we think he's starting week one? Well, I mean, right now he is because Bates isn't under contract. But, I mean, I just don't see Bates not accepting $13 million this year. You know what I mean? So you think Bates could still be on the field on September 11th? 100%. Like, I think he'll return to practice before then, right? Just to get reacclimated with everything. But right now, like, Dax is showing enough where, regardless of what Jesse Bates is doing, he's going to see the field a lot early in the season. Like, he's shown that he can handle multiple roles. He can be at multiple spots in the defense. And they should have a plan to use him and Bates and Von Bell on the defense at the same time, especially if they're down a cornerback and Cam Taylor Britt, who's suffering a core injury right now. They, they lack depth at cornerback. They can have Dax Hill in the slot. He's comfortable there. They can have him as an overhang defender. They can get creative with rotating these guys in and out, keep those guys fresh on defense so you don't have Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Von Bell kind of overstrenuating themselves. Okay, so John, it sounds to wow. me, yeah, sounds like you. Well, we don't need your, Jason your, Bates. We got we got one heck of a Dax. No, Jason Bates, man, is that what you mean? He is the actor. Great actor. We have Jesse Bates. Yeah, Jesse Jesse yeah. Bates is what I said. But John, John, it sounds to me like you changed your tune. Uh, not changed From your what? tune, but you've seen something. You before something. you were not sure if he could play free safety. You had doubts, but, but you are slowly now. You're a believer. Starting. <laughs> Yes. You have 10 seconds. Yeah, sure. Because he Before barely played it in Michigan, and now he's readapting and he's playing really well. That's all there is to it. Got it. Some yeah, people take it. in data and information and then change their minds based on that. Sorry, I can't hear you. The tiger is growling. John, wide receiver seven battle. Okay. Look, we have Kwame Lasseter. We have Ooh, I know Richard him. Pryor, but he has a different first name. It is not Richard. John. You know his first name. You can share that to our fans. But we have a battle between these two. And they uh, are the trying to be WR7. Go wow. ahead, John. Yeah. WR7. What is that position? a robotic figure? Or is that a, like an android? You have Kendrick Pryor and Kwame Lasseter battling for a spot that may or may not exist, to be honest with you. Because, I mean... Trent Taylor, who was on the team last year, he's playing like their best receiver right now. You have Mike Thomas, who didn't even dress last week. He was on the field this past Sunday, but he's pretty much locked in as your wide receiver for. Stanley Morgan's under contract for two years. If they want to keep either Pryor or Lassiter right now, they would have to go with seven receivers, and it seems like it is a battle between both of them. Kendrick Pryor got the best of the Cardinals defense a week ago. He had a really good game, a really good last drive against the Cardinals. And then Lasseter, he, he put on a show against the Giants. They had like seven receptions for 80 yards. He had the drop in the end zone on a two-point conversion. But as we can see for some of these clips, he did, he did do really well in the last drive against the Giants, almost to, to the point where the Bengals got to tie the game. But Lasseter caught two balls with uh, Jake Browning, a quarterback, that put the Bengals in position to potentially tie the game there at the end of the game, including a really good contested catch along the sidelines. And I think right now it's just Pryor and Lasseter just dominating the target share for this second-team offense that has been on the field for most of the preseason. And I'm just, I'm just interested to see, like, because ideally I think the Bengals would want to keep at least one of these guys on the practice squad, and they're putting a ton of film out there for other teams to potentially pick them up as one of their final receivers and they're playing really well so i think both of these guys deserve like a real shot at being a wide receiver seven on the team and even then like they wouldn't be active on game days but in case something happens in terms of injuries like they could be counted on to play a, a limited role if you will so i really like what both of them have have shown i think 
you know, last year might be a little bit more athletic, but I think Pryor has some ball skills to him that could really fare well as like a receiver who needs to play in a pinch. John, so let me ask you something. So Trent Taylor is the sixth receiver, right? I think yeah. so, yeah. Okay. When we're looking at these receivers and they're getting the ball from Bridget's favorite quarterback, Brandon, Brandon Allen. Allen. When they are catching the ball from him, it's a much more difficult task, I know. But, and of course, he has the whole stadium cheering for him. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. But, you know, but oh he is still is struggling. Enough with that joke. Right. <laughs> right. But the question is this, John. How, how can you gauge which one would have better chemistry with the Joe Burrow? You know, like, how can you tell which ones their route style would fit better or their speed or their size? Is there anything like that that we need to consider? I mean, we just don't know. Like, we okay. haven't seen him like play with him. Like, you, like how, how, like what, what answer would would you want me to give there? Like, they're using well, the same well, place, well, but they're using well, the same they're using the same place for Brandon as they would for Joe. I, I will say this, yeah. like with Please, with last year, it's the same playbook. In in that drive, in those plays that we saw, because they were kind of extended, at least the first one where Brownie kind of broke the pocket and Laster found a soft spot over the middle of the field. And I feel like that is something that, you know, Burrow does pretty well. He likes to extend plays and he keeps his, he keeps his eyes downfield. And, and with Laster, yeah. it's important that after you, you finish your route, okay, where is the openings on the field? Like, wh where is my quarterback? How can I work back to him? So maybe that's something that that Laster may, may have the upper edge over prior. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I just want to acknowledge your comment, Daddy-O. Brandon Thank Allen you. is not my favorite quarterback. Um, I think he's probably a lovely person. And I don't think he's the right QB2 for the Bengals. But can I uh, put in my vote for WR7? Courtney, uh, I think you have uh, some photographic evidence. So, I go Kwame Lasseter all day. This dude is so nice i met him at camp last thursday and he literally was giving like he gave that sweaty um like headband thing to yeah. a little kid who was like i want that and he's like are you sure because i just sweat in it for four hours and the kid was like no i have a football game and i want it and I'm gonna wear it. And Kwame was like, "Ugh, that's um, that's really gross, but okay." And then a kid was like, "But I it's want cheaper your towel. than washing it. You give it to. I have. That's a, actually a good trick. I do yeah. with socks, which is actually the original meaning of Smurfs, by the way. But you, yeah, you so, give them to. Yeah, you give them so to kids. So kids were literally begging him for the clothes and you don't off his to. back. And he was just like, he was a really cool, to, cool guy. Chatted with me for a little while, then had this like ambush of people just on him and he was so humble and kind i'm sure yeah. prior is too like but me. yeah no, what makes no. you okay. proud to admit you don't do laundry <laughs> oh no john it's he wears you socks with like socks if they get old enough if you calculate the water and the soap you have to use to wash them it's actually cheaper to just just unload them yeah. and count it as charity john yeah. it's okay i don't have time to explain this stuff to you but we didn't get to look at the clip of Cordell Volson. Did you want to do that, John, or should we just move on? No, we can move on. Okay, let us, let us move on to the first Hojo scope. Yeah, in a long time. Long time. Long time. Let, let's pull up that first uh, picture there, Courtney. This is of the headline that I'm going to be dealing with today. Uh, this story, federal authorities seek info after Florida manatee found with Trump scraped on its back. Now, this happened off the coast of Tampa Bay, Florida. 
in Tampa Bay, Florida, and the southeastern United States, is undergoing what a lot of us would call a kind of period of divisiveness. I mean, what has happened to our country, really, where someone, for political purposes, would scrape onto the back of a delightful sea animal, this beautiful, majestic beast. Here you go, Trump. Look at that. Disgusting. Makes me sad. What also makes us sad is that we began to do some research and we wondered how someone could actually get into the water and do this. And there is a theory floating but around I, that it on. was... Uh, You're assuming it, it wasn't a miracle that the, the, the manatee no, wasn't born. No, like it was that. not a miracle for okay. sure. But there is a theory that it might have been another manatee who was radicalized because the AM stations are low frequency and they can make their way into the water. And uh, I, I think it is even called Clearwater Channel or something. So we don't know. That's just a theory right now. We don't know for sure. But is it possible that this was a manatee on manatee crime? Maybe. In either case, whoever it is. Courtney, let's let's go to the next one. We're after the we're after the, the, the culprits. Who? Me and my friend Dave Batista. As you can see, Batista and I. We have put out a reward, the two of us together, for twenty thousand dollars to get human or manatee, whoever did this to that manatee. Okay. Me it says okay, and I think you're Dave it says facing Batista. a freaky manatee. And that was a freaky manatee. De defacing. Saying, Who wants to face this manatee? See, and that's me and my friend. Because I tell you what, I tell you what, Daddy You know, this is where it's going to do the hojoscope part. There are certain celebrities who can bring unity to the world. One of them, Dave Batista. Another one, Joe Burrow. Another one, me. Let's be honest. There are certain people who can bring that kind of unity to the world. And that's what my hojoscope is really about today, people. The same kind of unity, the disunity that our country is, is facing, the, the, we're seeing all over the world, we see in Cincinnati, we see in Florida, we see everywhere. Joe can bring us together, Joe Burrow. I've been watching that kid, listening to his statements. He and me and Dave Bautista, we are the answer to your problems. We're going to get the, the, the scraper of that manatee. That's my hojoscope. Well, I hope they already did. That happened, what, a year and a half ago? Do, have we not yeah. found out what happened? No, we're still, Hunter is on the loose, the killer is on, or whatever is on the loose, the, the graffiti artist, the, yeah, Vandal is on the loose. But we're going to get them, or her, or it. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Perfect timing. Well, we'll make sure they lock the, the manatee doors at the Cincinnati Zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I believe that you have a contribution as well, Bridget. I well, do. You said the uh, name right. Yeah, yeah I didn't even we had get a little, We had a little uh, bonding time when it was just us. I appreciate her work ethic, showing up yeah. to work. I don't want to call out any names, John and Hoji. Just did, did Bridget, yeah. did I ever tell you the forms we had to fill out when we wanted to get this show? Like, if you wanted to come on this show, Daddy, had you fill out a form? You had to say your political party, your religion. You had to mention... Any oh, protests illegal. you had been to, yes, yes, you had mentioned the political parties of all your relatives. It was crazy. We're so glad you're here. Well, I'm glad I can make this place a safer and more legal place yeah. to work. Okay, so for Daddy O Cares this week, we're, we'll be quick-ish. 
Um, and we're going to celebrate one of the rookies, um, one of our new draft picks, uh, Jeff Gunter. So he was the 252nd pick. I think that's is that seventh from last ninth from the, someone can do my math for me that you you don't have me on the show because I'm good at math um, but Paul Daner Jr. did a really great piece in The Athletic about Jeff Gunter and his mom and so in the spirit of bringing goodness to this show and good journalistic integrity, um, which sometimes I feel like only John and I bring. Um, and, and Hoji sometimes, like when you yeah. show up, you're really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but did a great piece on Jeff and his mom. And it's just the spirit of like who we want in the Houday Nation, who we want on the field, uh, playing on our Bengals team. Jeff has had quite a quite an incredible journey as a kid um, dealing with some mental health and depression issues and then he played at Coastal Carolina then NC State then back to Coastal Carolina he moved to NC State to be closer to his mom as she was going through something he had actually planned to go to Syracuse and then felt like he needed to be closer to home to support his mom Um, and he's a three-time all sunbelt selection I think he thought he might go a little bit higher in the draft to so 252nd was a bit of a, a gut punch to him but he is working his tail off every day at at practice and really just wanting to be a part of this Bengals team and show him what he's got and uh, his mom and uh, Jeff and his mom have a special game day ritual where after they run out she comes down to the sideline I, I don't know if she's actually on the field or comes down to the first row so they can have a special chat and she shares with him per Paul Daner Jr., uh, just what she thinks he needs for the game. She said she's not a football woman, but she'll, you know, figure out if if there's something he really needs, if there's something he needs to work on, or just something he, she thinks he needs to hear before that game. Um, She makes sure he has it, and she's now battling a cancer diagnosis she got in February. Um, So it's just, uh, he, he really wants to take care of her. It's been his dream, I think, they said since he was eight to be in the NFL and so this is something really special to him and being able to take care of his mom is something that's really important to him um and so I read that story and I was like this is who we want um and this is the kind of athlete and human being that we want to be part of our our Bengals Houday Nation so um thanks Paul for writing that piece and we are cheering for you Jeff and Hope we will see you on the roster. Yeah, who day? Yeah. yeah. Great yeah. work. Really yeah. hoping that it yeah. works out for him. Gunter. And I'm yeah. grateful that people write these pieces so yeah. we don't have yeah. to actually do any type of like journalism or research and then we can oh, gosh, yes. amplify it. I'll make sure to tweet out the, the link. For Cincy Jungle. Yeah, I will do that. I, I didn't know that that was so worth. Yeah, we'll get a lot of attention. Yeah, I will re- rewrite that blog. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. Look, that was inspiring. What the, you know what else is inspiring? The fact that we are making so much money that I was able to get the sunglasses and no. the magazine, as you can see behind me. Yeah. It is a real 
Sports Illustrated are very expensive these days. And okay. also a, a SpongeBob coloring book. All of this made possible by you. Going to patreon.com slash Sports and supporting the show. We have six patrons now. We have a new patron just last week. What's the name? And the name, of course, is, is Bridget. Tell, Bridget. Tell him the name. Tell us. The name. I don't get. I don't get that information. I don't okay. have the John. financial data. Yeah, John. John. Lorenzo John is looking Cerise. at us. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's you. It's a yeah. friend of the show. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Welcome, Lorenzo. Welcome. Lorenzo. Yes, we, we love, love Lorenzo. You. We love the Lorenzo. Let's get the we shirt love... made. I love Lorenzo. Yeah, you I'll clearly love it. Lorenzo. Yeah. We should make merch for. We should go hang out Lorenzo. with Ezra yeah. Miller. We should do it. I just so, like yeah, that so someone bring thinks anybody tells me anything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that was great. We have yeah. one more preseason game. Who's it that against? We, that John will have to watch. What's that? Oh, oh. It is against the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, exciting. Yeah. And I believe we might see... What, John? We might see Chris Evans. Who We might see a player who might make the roster in that game. That is exciting. I'd like to see a, a fan of that team, the Rams. Yeah. I so, don't think we'll see one there. Don't forget to subscribe, turn on notifications, and we'll see you next time. So long. It's Fiti Pais. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.